When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On 882 6BR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. Hello once again, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories, brought to you by Barra and O'Day, doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. In this episode, a man who will be familiar to many of you. He's created his own instantly recognisable brand from a lot of hard work and graft, as well as a lot of initiative from a very young age. He was barely 21 uh, and already making thousands on property transactions, and his continued success has seen him maintain a high standing in the real estate industry and the business community generally for about 40-odd years. Nigel Satterley, welcome. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for your time. Um, look, I'll get into uh, politics because that's a, that's a hot topic that I'm looking forward to chatting to you about. But I uh, just want to go back to uh, where it all began for you. I know you're a country boy, uh, moved to the big smoke, and there was no stopping you. No, so uh, I came from the country, Cunderdon, in the late 60s. And when Perth had a population of around 330,000 people. So my first real job was working in the clothing industry. And then from that, I was lucky I applied and got the Levi Jeans distributorship for Western Australia. And there was only one other jean company in Australia called Amco Jeans. Uh, The agent was uh, quite arrogant, uh, not service orientated. So, of course, it was easy for Levi's to really get in and uh, capture a large share of the gene market in Perth. So you finished your schooling in the country, did you, and then moved so here I, into, so into So I really finished my schooling at uh, Governor Stirling. I was, yep. went to Swan Lee, and then soon after my parents, we all shifted uh, to South Perth. Yeah, right, okay. So what uh, what drew you initially to, to clothing and to Levi's? Uh, well, when I was getting my first job, I think jobs are hard to get. So, you know, I was, I've was i been lucky that I've had uh, things that I've liked doing. And I guess the last thing that I started in 1980, Satley Property Group, is the thing I've enjoyed more than mm. the previous uh, businesses that I've had. All right. Well, tell us where the, where the property dream began for you. Well, uh, with Levi's, they were paying the commission every week. So on Tuesday, we'd receive the, by air, the replacement stock from Sydney and they'd have the commission check. So I started buying blocks of land. In those days, they were two and a half to three and a half thousand. You'd buy a block and you'd sell it. I bought some land uh, uh, beyond Morley, had it for about a year and a half and made $10,000, which most probably is equivalent to three houses in the suburbs. Mm. Deposited the money with town and country 
and I started a long-term relationship with Sir James McCusker. Very, very lucky to uh, really have a close relationship mm. with him from the late 60s until he passed in 1995. Yeah, was he something of a mentor for Absolute you? mentor. Uh, he was a terrific fellow. And uh, what, what, was, what was his position at the time when, when uh, you well, first met him? He was the co-founder yeah. of Town & Country uh, with his son Malcolm McCusker, QC. And Malcolm was, of course, uh, doing the law. And Sir James was building uh, the Town & Country Building Society, which became town and country bank. So he had very simple uh, philosophies, very good uh, standards, and I was lucky to spend all that time around him. Mm. Just paint a picture of, of Perth at that time for us. You mentioned you bought some land beyond Morley. Was that pretty much uh, that was the edge cer- of development certainly there? Morley was the outer. Uh, development was just coming to Warwick Road. Yeah. and uh, That was the northern... Northern Boundary, Northern Boundary, and then you had Leach Highway with the Southern Boundary. Mm. Wow. I'm trying to picture it, given what we have now. 330,000 people. Today, there's about 2 million people who live from uh, Yanship down south to the Mandra area. And a lot of them living in in homes uh, on land that you've developed? Yes. Mm. We've been very lucky. We've developed in Perth about 65,000 lots. So uh, we've had a lot of uh, fun doing that over, Mm. you know, the last 37 years. How do you reckon we're going in terms of uh, managing the expansion of Perth? I think I could draw a boundary for Perth for the next 50 years. So I think the boundary is set and uh, you'll see development, the lots are getting smaller, Mm. housing choices are changing. So the boundary is set Mm. and 85% of Australians want to live on house and land. Certainly when the first child comes you know, they soon after on a shift to where land is. Mm. Lots are smaller. So the parks now in Western Australia are fantastic. So they're like the family rooms where the mums meet. After they drop the kids at school, they meet at, in the afternoon before they start the evening meal. So, you know, it's a pretty good lifestyle here in Western Australia. Yeah, it sure is. No wonder the population's been on the rise uh, for so long now. Can I go back to that first 10, 10K that you made, that – I mean, 10K back in those days, a, a decent whack yes, uh, yes. of money. Obviously, that just uh, got you started. It was, that, that it, got it, it was started the carrot that and, drew you uh, in. Uh, I then, Sir James McCusker said to me, oh, look, you should go into real estate. You're wasting your time in you know, the clothing industry. I said to him, look, I said, Jim, I'm thinking of opening up some jean shops. I've got to tell you, <laughs> these things are selling like hotcakes. <laughs> and I think we should, I, you know, should open a couple of jean shops. So over six months, he talked me into uh, uh, not doing that. And I started a company called Statesman Homes, which yep. was sold in uh, 1982, uh, uh, Len Buckridge, which I guess was like the basis of BGC becoming a major home builder in Australia. Yeah. Um, any regrets about not uh, staying with jeans? Because they have been a, no, a pretty no. enduring fashion item. No, no, no. I mean, the jeans now are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, I, I moved on and I, I enjoyed the house building industry. Yep. And I, I think, you know, starting sadly in 1980, mm. it's really been the thing I've enjoyed more than anything. Uh, I mean, are those jean shops still there? Uh, the jeans, they are, they are. Yeah. And I mean, quite interesting, Alistair Norwood was the, on, was the teller. Uh, where we used to pay the uh, checks into the Ains Bank, the commission checks. So 
he, he left and started a menswear or bought a menswear shop, and from that I think he uh, started Jeans West. Mm. So that that advice that, that Sir James McCusker gave you, that uh, uh, encouragement to, to venture into real estate, you, you can't put a price on that no, advice no, no. now. No, he you? said he'd help, which he did, and I mean – uh, he often told me how he left the Commonwealth Bank uh, in the 60s. Uh, he was 50 years of age and had total assets, I think he said, of around uh, $50,000. And mm. he went on and built a wonderful business and, uh, you know, uh, educate these children through mm. university. Uh, Statesman Homes was your first uh, company, if you like. Yes, yes. Um, which you... As you mentioned, later went on to uh, to sell. But uh, how did you go about building that from from the ground up? Oh well, we uh, started with uh, a, a show home north and south, uh, and then uh, we were lucky that we had the backing of town and country home loans to uh, to qualified people, and we soon had we're doing you know fifty homes a month. Uh, Landals went broke, who are a big builder. Uh, some of the other builders retreated, so. Really, uh, for a long time, there were about three uh, major groups during the 70s, uh, RDC, Plunkett's and ourselves, Allen Coff Homes. So uh, it wasn't the competition that you've got today. It's a very fierce I was going to say, was it, was it a crowded marketplace back then? Not really. No. I mean, the volumes were, you know, we were doing, you know, 600 homes a year. Uh, now, you know, I think BGC, ABN Group, got up to two and a half thousand a year through yeah. the multiple brands. Mm. What about accessing land back in those days? Uh, governments, uh, red uh, tape, yeah, was it easier back then? Uh, much the same because the biggest land developer when we started really was uh, the R&I Bank. Right. And they had a lot of land in where people wanted to live. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating times now, aren't they? But uh, bureaucracy never changes, does no, it? No, no. <laughs> um, look, I'm going to uh, have to go to a break, but uh, I'm keen to uh, to talk more about uh, your uh, ascension through uh, through the real estate game uh, here in Perth. You're listening to WA's Inspiring Stories. My special guest, Nigel Satterley, here on 882 6PR. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. Welcome back to WA's Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My guest in this edition is Nigel Satterley. Uh, Nigel, the beginning of uh, Satterley Property Group, when you put your name in the title, I suppose, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot on your shoulders there. Your name, your reputation, your integrity. Was that a big step? Uh, yes, and I mean, most of our clients who buy the land or buy the house land packages, they're passing with their life savings, and mm. we really respect that. It's a big thing about what we do, being able to deliver on time, quality, honest service, good integrity, because you know, we are dealing with people's what they've saved hard for. And please don't be humble in answering this question, but what do you think has been the secret to your success? Oh, look. Hard work, very focused on customer service, uh, developing good product. Yeah, we're in a very fierce competition. Mm. Uh, we look at the best around the world, and uh, yeah, Perth does very, very good master plan communities, good housing. What does a day look like for you? Well, I get up at five, no, no trouble at all. Five? Five o'clock, I swim. Uh, 
you know, two kilometres uh, most mornings or five, six mornings a week. I used to have a breakfast meeting at seven. In, in the ocean? Or no, 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 not, no, not the ocean. In the, I used to love the ocean, the pools, mm. uh, the swimming pool. Uh, I have a breakfast meeting usually at 7.30 uh, at the office by 8.30, quarter to nine, go home by 6.45, and by yeah, 9, 9.30, I'm exhausted. I have no trouble sleeping. <laughs> I bet. After all that, but uh, I mean, do you go to bed with a with a full head? No, I go once I hit the pillow. You're out. I'm out, and my bed uh, is very, very good. My bed where I sleep, so very comfortable. I have yeah. no trouble sleeping. When when I've got to ask, when people come to you with uh, you know with some negative feedback or or things they're not happy with about the the product you've delivered to them, uh, how do you how do you deal with that? Do you, do oh, you take straight it personally? away? No, no, we, yeah. straight away. So I had a fantastic. A Labrador dog that uh, passed, and I used to go up the streets yeah. uh, twice a month, and people come out to see the dog. A lot of people know me, and they, I had asked them how they found dealing with us, and they occasionally they'd say, "I had to leave my dog with my mother because the fence wasn't up." Well, I'm very hands-on, and that yeah. is unacceptable delivery by us. So, I visit every site at least twenty times a year around Australia. Uh, in Perth, I go down streets, so I know exactly what's going mm. on. We don't get many complaints. When we do, we address them straight away and fairly. Yeah. I, I mean, the numbers are pretty pretty staggering. You mentioned uh, before 60,000 uh, blocks. A quarter of a million West Aussies, perhaps more, live on your properties, yes. essentially. That's a lot of people who could come to you and, and, and give you feedback. Of course. And we want feedback, and we, we look for feedback through focus groups, and when you deal with people's life savings mm. and people know me, you get very good constructive feedback. Because mm. the home has changed so much uh, over the years, hasn't it? Yes, and it's very open living it, now. I think the way we live today, yeah. less rooms but bigger rooms, openness, uh, better planned homes, is a great way. We were very yeah. lucky. What about the, uh, you know, the, the, the compact size of blocks now and the fact that homes now seem to take up so much of them? Well... That's correct. It's like the cars have got smaller, but they're better performing. The boot is bigger, roomier inside. So these homes on the small blocks are very well designed. Mm. So the mums walk to the parks and they've got fantastic uh, play equipment, Mm. safe areas, shade for the mums. So the parks are really like, you know, the family room of the homes. Mm. Now, we've only spoken about WA here, but, uh, of course, Saturday – uh, a name familiar to many right across uh, the country, particularly Victoria as well. How did you? Um, how did you? Did, did you branch out over east? So we've been looking at the Victorian. Uh, lucky through uh, AFL or VFL football, I've been going to Melbourne a lot since mm. 1980. So we're just taking our time. We've been there for six and a half years, and I guess now we're the second largest residential land developer. Uh, Melbourne's growing at 150,000. So we just took our time. We're stuck in there. We know most of the major business people through football, and we've built up a pretty good business there. And we've been in Queensland for about five years, and we're really developing a base uh, in Queensland uh, in the Brisbane growth areas. Mm. Football, great networking opportunities. Oh, football's the best networking <laughs> opportunity by far. Yeah. Um, how do you find dealing with the Melbourne market compared to Perth? Can you apply uh, the same logic? Same logic. Yeah. Uh, 
I think we're we are lifting the landscaping. Uh, I think Western Australia does the best landscaping. So the biggest landscaping contractor has followed us there. He's working for us and our competitors, which is good. Uh, the councils uh, in the growth areas are run by very like chief executives of corporations. So the Victorian planning system is most probably the best in Australia mm. and provides a lot of certainty to mm. people like us. Well, I suppose uh, given they are going to be uh, the most uh, populated city in Australia by, well, it varies, doesn't it, from uh, from measure to measure, but uh, by well, about 2030. They could be, and I mean, they're growing, say Sydney's growing around 100,000, maybe a few more, Melbourne at 150, so there's huge growth in Melbourne. Mm. Um the booming areas uh, in WA and, and Perth specifically, you probably get asked this uh, a lot, but uh, obviously uh, you'd be a great man to ask about <laughs> the hotspots around town. So really the hotspots now, uh, I mean, I think Subiaco, yep. uh, Shenton Park, uh, West Leadville, Cottesloe, uh, Como, there's a lot of those inner city areas that I think are underpriced and offer Wembley, parts of Florida great value for people. Mm. You mentioned the, uh, the the boundary of Perth, though. You reckon it's about set? I think it's set, For the yes. next 50 yes. years. So yeah. uh, those tracts of land sort of around the fringes? Yes. Not so much opportunity there? I don't think so. I think that the area now, you know, to the foothills, uh, down to, you know, south yonder up, up to Yanship, Two Rocks, yep. I could draw a map, uh, mm. and I think the development for the next 50 years will all operates through those areas. Yeah, got to start uh, more densely populating those parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, we're going to talk uh, politics uh, really soon. I've been uh, very keen to uh, get into that with you. Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, right after the break. More with Nigel Sadley, my special guest. You're listening to WA's Inspiring Stories right here on 882 6PR. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. Welcome back to WA's Inspiring Stories. My special guest is Nigel Saddley. Nigel, let's talk politics, uh, if you don't mind. Very happy. <laughs> uh, GST, if I mention WA's GST, does your blood start to boil just a little bit? Yes, and I think G- you thought that uh, Premier... Barnett was unpopular with the wider community. GST is a bigger issue, mm. and that's why we are working hard. You know, Michael Cheney, Andrew Forrest, John Point, and myself uh, with uh, Rick Newnham to try to get sense. I think it's broken uh, to get thirty-three uh, cents, or you know, about two point three billion out of fifty-four billion that'll be collected this year is not fair. So. Uh, we are making slow, but I think sound progress. You were part of that uh, that delegation, uh, if I can call it that, that went over to to see the prime minister. Yes. yes. How did that go? Tell us uh, how uh, the, the prime conversation minister went. gave. It was well prepared. Yep. Gave us a lot of time. Uh, we all have known uh, the prime minister Turnbull for a long time. Um, it was a very constructive meeting. Uh, we also met uh, with Peter Costello for advice, and he will assist us. And also we met with Mr. Shorten. Uh, so they all know what the issue is. And I think privately they all know that the system is broken, it's not fair, and has to be addressed. So privately they're aware 
publicly? Are they going to do anything about it? Well, I think in when it comes push comes to shove, that Western Australia has been the fortress or the backbone to save the Liberal Party's bacon federally. If they don't, then uh, you might see a lot of seats lost here. Mm. So, yeah, the Liberal Party is seen in Western Australia to be not that uh, uh, popular. A lot of people know uh, that the senior members have not been doing enough. Now, there's been two or three members very active. A lot of the others have done nothing to assist in our cause. And I think a lot of people uh, are of that belief. They're perhaps a little bit pessimistic about the the chance of real action. They think, well, unless... Uh, you know, the Turnbull government stands to, to, to lose its position in, in government uh, on the back of heavy losses here in WA. We're not going to see any change here. I, well, I, I think a bit differently because uh, we, Western Australians, are sick. It's no different, mm. uh, you know, that we get disregarded, uh, we're not respected enough, and we need to be given now a fair share mm. of the GST. You know, the, all the gas being exported, uh, more so than Qatar now. We're not getting the benefit. That goes federally. So there's a good argument that the GST's got to be reviewed fairly. And the, what we're all about, our committee, is fairness. And we want a fair outcome. And, uh, you know, we'll work to something that is fair. You mentioned that you also spoke to uh, to Bill Shorten as well. If you're if you're a swing voter in WA and you want to back the party, the major party at least, that's uh, going to do more for WA uh, on the GST front, uh, given you've had conversations with both sides, yes, who do you so, go so with? Look, you know politics is uh, volatile. Yeah. Uh, a lot of policies are very similar. And West Australians, will they'll go to someone that thinks that they can deliver them a better outcome. Uh, yeah, the GST will help create more jobs. Uh, mums are worried about how their kids are going to get you know, employed. There are 200 families a week leaving Perth for Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, where all the employment is. So, mm. you know, the GST uh, and is very, very important. And and you would be lauded as absolute heroes if you could uh, achieve this well, change. There'd be a bigger party here than the America's Cup in the 80s, I think, if you could no, uh, we're not going achieve away. some reform. We're not going away. We're doing a lot of constructive work and we're – we are absolutely committed to help uh, you know, Premier Mark McGowan, Ben Wyatt and the team mm. get a fair outcome. So much so that, uh, that, that late last year there was talk of, uh, of you uh, getting involved in some way with a GST party. Uh, can you tell us any more about so, that? No, I'm not, but I'm, uh, we are. The, our group is really working with the state Labor government to assist get a fair outcome. Yep. And might I say that uh, Prime Minister Turnbull is working very well with Premier McGowan, uh, yep. with Ben Wyatt. Uh, they've got a great re- working relationship uh, w- with the Prime Minister. Uh, so we think we'll get an outcome. I'm not interested in going into politics. Uh, and there will be, I believe, a GST party starting. So, th- so there will Nothing be a party? Yeah. Nothing to do with us. Okay. So you've even from behind the scenes, helping to set them up, you're we're, not involved no, no, in any we're, way. We're very focused uh, on trying to get a fair outcome for the people of West Australia, okay. not starting up another political party. Obviously, you're a proud West Australian. A lot of people here are firing up about GST. You only have to it's turn 6PR on you here. As soon as it comes up as a topic, the phones... Meltdown, meltdown. Yeah, they go nuts. Yeah. They and go we've nuts. told the politicians this, I mean... If they have wooden ears, they'd be very, very mm. foolish. 
you're a busy man, though. You've got uh, a lot of people uh, under your command. At, uh, at you know, in an in an employment sense, uh, how do you uh, devote the time to take up this cause because it's such an important one? But you know, why does the fire burn so strongly in you for GSC? Oh, because Reform? we all want to get a fair outcome, and we're sick of Western Australia being kicked in the backside, not respected. And we need to get a fair outcome. So yep. we don't want our grandchildren paying off fifty billion of debt. We want to see Western Australia go forward, get a fair share of the GST. You know, Mr. McGowan and his team get on and govern well, and make this place, uh, you know, a great again. How do you reckon the McGowan government's going? I think they're going okay, and uh, um, I think now they've had a period uh, of sorting out, and now they know they've got to get on and govern create jobs, you know, create new things, not a one-trick pony like Mr Barnett. Mm. They've got to widen the scope, which we can do, and really get on with it. Just on the on the GST and uh, and, and relating that to state politics, was that the single biggest factor in, in Colin Barnett's uh, massive loss no, I last think year? This uh, Liberal government or the past Liberal government will go down as the worst lib- Liberal government in the history of Western Australia. For its entire period. I, th- I, th- I think the last uh, term, the four-year term, yep. uh, I think that Barnett wouldn't communicate. He's got a glass jaw, wooden ear. Uh, his deputy, who's now spruiking things uh, uh, that uh, she should realise that, you know, she lifts her competency. She's not – she wasn't a good uh, – she wasn't a good minister, wasn't a competent minister, and she's now criticising uh, the, the uh, election of some of the people. So that they've got to learn. They've got to get the right people in. What people want in Western Australia is a constructive, good opposition, uh, not, you know, people, they've got to move on. Mm. Lisa Harvey needs to move on. She needs to lift the game and get on with it. Uh, you know, people like... Uh, 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 Collier, uh, Peter Collier needs to get out, move on, and you know bring in some new blood that want to do things and make you know make the opposition uh, creditable and uh, you, know, you know keep the government you know really uh, mm. accountable. You you were part of an ex- what many saw as quite an extraordinary step in uh, in helping to commission uh, a poll to uh, to highlight. Uh, Colin Barnett and his government's problems yeah. in the lead up to the 2017 election. Um, can you tell us how, how did that come about? Why did you take that uh, that well, step? John Poynton uh, canvassed a number of business people whether they would support it, and we all uh, looked at the poll. We got advice. The poll was very well scoped, very well put together, and uh, Mr. Poynton it cost him a lot of money. A lot of other people mm. kicked in. And Mr. Barnett didn't believe the poll. And when I read the poll, I knew from independent advice this is a very good poll and that his government, uh, that he led with uh, Lisa Harvey, was in serious, serious trouble. Why were you so determined, though, to point that out to the people? Why did you decide to get involved? Because we were concerned that Barnett wasn't governing well, he wasn't communicating, wasn't listening, a lot of the ministers had given up and the government, you know, one-trick pony, the mining boom was over, masses of people leaving Western Australia, falling house prices, rising unemployment. Of course, we're all, you know, we're all concerned. Mm. Any, uh, any regrets? No regrets at all. And, I mean, the poll was 
well done. And I mean, on election night, it, it was all over in the first hour and the poll was completely mm. right. It's a very well-scoped poll, costs a lot of money, uh, put together by experts. So the absolute uh, whitewash that it turned out to be, no surprise to you? No surprise. Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, look, some people might say, you know, that blurring of lines between business and politics, uh, it should be clear um, that maybe, uh, you know, your involvement in that poll might have been crossing a line in some way. Look, what do you say to that? Rubbish, because we just uh, contributed. The poll was uh, run by experts, uh, professional experts who do this polling, poll for 6PR, poll, you know, the ratings. Uh, I was quite comfortable. I had nothing to do with the poll other than uh, you know, satisfy myself before I contributed mm. that this was going to be a very good professional poll. Is Dean Nolder the man to uh, to get the libs back on track then? Oh, look. Because he seemed to be uh, the candidate, the alternate candidate uh, put forward at the time. Uh, yes, I think he was badly, very badly treated by uh, Premier Barnett, by Dixie Marshall. Uh, the way he was treated was despicable. And, uh, you know, he's now coming, uh, I think he's doing a good job in opposition. And I guess like everyone, he'd be just thinking, you know, where where to from here? Are we going to become a you know, politician? Because to retain government's a long way away mm. for uh, for the Liberal Party. Can they, obviously, four years out is uh, is going to be a, oh, uh, it would be the Mount impossible. Everest of politics, wouldn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Near on impossible. And, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think Mr McGowan knows and though they're starting to really move forward, create other opportunities like we're now seeing a city accommodation for students, uh, tourism being uh, lifted. Uh, they know that, you know, they've got to cut you know, red and green tape to try and get the state moving. Mm. The reaction from, uh, you know, from, from people you know within the Liberal Party when you uh, were part of that poll. Um, look. Look, Did you lose friends over no, it? No, people people thought it was terrific, and uh, even people within the party. Yes, I yep. think people thought, you know, that Barnett wouldn't uh, communicate. He wouldn't meet with ministers. He wouldn't meet with the Liberal Party president Norman Moore. So uh, they thought this was good. This is a wake up call. So if it was a poll that six PR ratings had plummeted, the management would do something about it. Like with a you know, a poll that we had the wrong products, mm -hmm. you change. Yep. So you're going to rip that bandaid off and move on. Yep. Nigel, we're going to talk about one of your other great loves uh, in just a moment, the West Coast Eagles. Let's hope that they can uh, <laughs> do a little bit better than uh, than than the Liberal Party after the last uh, election. So uh, please uh, stick around for that. That's coming up right after the break. Uh, our special guest in this edition of Inspiring Stories, Nigel Sadley. You're listening to 8826PR. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. Welcome back to WA's uh, Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. Nigel Sadley uh, is our special guest. Nigel, just uh, but just before we get off politics and uh, and onto the Eagles, the Rotto Rumble, the famous Rotto Rumble, as it's been uh, dubbed now. What did you make of that? Just talking about the the bloodletting within the WA. Oh, well, I think you know for uh, uh, the guy that they call uh, Rocky. The member for South Perth's a very decent man. He'd had enough of the undertaker, Collier, and uh, <laughs> gave him a good push 
And no different to the uh, Buster Nahan uh, when he got flattened by Nigel Hallett last year near the bar in Parliament House. Now, some might say that that's, you know, it, it's it's pretty childish behaviour, but it, it, is it good to have a little bit of foreign emotion I think it's still just, burning uh, in the party there? A lot of good people yeah. uh, who like the Liberal Party think it's the best thing that ha- ever happened to the Liberal Party that <laughs> the undertaker, who's part of the, uh, the gang of three, uh, actually got put on his back in a big, uh, you know, in a, in a good way because hopefully they'll realise they've got to get out of the way mm. have good governance at the Liberal Party so the best candidates who get through get selected, not overturned by, um, you know, the three people. I have to be careful about uh, uh, supporting this uh, nickname of The Undertaker given that this uh, program is, is brought to you by Baron O'Day. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think... Uh, as I suggested to Peter Collier, I'd take him down to see Mr O'Day if he could get a job there. <laughs> How do you reckon he'd go as an actual undertaker? Well, he looks like one. He'd be, he'd be very good as a conductor. Oh, I'm not even going to get into that. Oh, that's a that's a minefield and a half. Uh, let's move on to safer ground, the West Coast Eagles, one of your great loves. Uh, involved with them from yes, the beginning? from the beginning, one of the, around from the beginning. Went through the time from 87, the time that we virtually uh, ran out of money and then we had to go to uh, Premier Burke for assistance. That's how the Football Commission, then they we were lucky and I was very much involved to secure Michael Malthouse, who I think made the biggest impression in the history of Western Australian football, uh, taught our team how to beat the Vicks and, you know, beating the Vicks at football and cricket. Yeah. Plus is very important. So the Eagles have gone on, uh, played in five grand finals, won three. Uh, it's a very good football club, mm. very well run, good governance, possibly got more money, uh, you know, in the bank than most of the other clubs put together. So it's a good football club and we know that we carry a big responsibility for the people of Western Australia who support us. Of course, the uh, the, the the more successful, I know Frio Dockers fans will hate hearing me say that, but uh, look, the trophy cabinet speaks for itself. But uh, Frio, are you getting many uh, many arguments with Frio fans? No, we, uh, look, look, How I do you, think... Do, do you despise Frio or you haven't no, had look, them? look, we don't want to lose... We hate to lose the Fremantle and Collingwood West Coast, <laughs> but in what Western Australia, what we need to make sure is that the Dockers and the West Coast are successful, yep. are around the finals every year. Our both clubs are well run so that... It's good for football that Western Australia does have two very good clubs because in Victoria and uh, Queensland, you've got clubs on life support mm. uh, taking money from the AFL or being propped up. You know, we want to see Fremantle well run, successful, West Coast. You know, we want to be very successful. Especially in, in 2018, playing in this brand spanking new stadium. Yeah, which I think we're all excited about. The surface looks fantastic for football mm. and, uh, you know, similar size to the MCG. You're there for every game? Oh, yes. I will go to uh, all the West Coast games and then some of the uh, games, if I'm here for the Dockers, I, I go to. I mean, I really like, I think, AFL football is a fantastic mm. a product. It's a good product. Good way for you to meet people too, as you mentioned before. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of your other great uh, loves, uh, you and, and your wife, Denise, uh, big into the arts scene. Yes, so we uh, like the arts together, the antiques and the uh, Australian art, and that's something we enjoy uh, together and you know, putting a collection of uh, 
international antiques and also uh, the Australian art mm. gives us a lot of pleasure. Look, I, I don't, I don't want to uh, you know talk money because it's it is a a dirty topic of conversation, but uh, I think suffice to say you've done pretty well <laughs> over the years. Do you have a Do you have a goal in mind? You want your you know your your company to be worth X amount, your personal fortune. I mean, no, no. We, where do you Where want, do you stop? Where look, do you aim? Look, we, we we're continuing to go. We 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 have a, a board. Uh, we have uh, people similar age to me. We've got some very good people that are thirty five to fifty five. Uh, we we've got a good structure. And when I re- I will never retire, I'll finish uh, being taken out by Baron <laughs> Why won't you ever retire? Because I mean, look, I I can't even imagine being in your position. But I, I I would imagine if I was just in fantasy land, I'd think, all right, I've got to go. I've I've just got to go and enjoy. No, we have the fruits too much of my fun labor. doing what we're doing. It's a very very competitive business. Yeah, it's changing. Lots of things are going on. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, creating, dealing with people's life savings. So I'm hoping I can keep in good health. Mm. I'm young compared to Frank Lowy or I'm young compared to, uh, you know, people uh, like uh, Harry Triggerboff. Uh, so I've got, you know, a long way to go yet. Oh, look, I'm not suggesting you retire anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, uh, if it's not too personal a question, what what do you spend your money on? Oh, well, what do, you, do you have any, any, well, any you know, cars, Holiday. What, I'm not, what, I, I, I'm lucky that I, I go to great places around the world on business. Yeah. Sometimes I have a holiday, but really uh, in our business, when you replace your stock, it costs more than the initial stock. So all the time we need you know, the money for the mm. group uh, to replenish the stock and mm. keep growing. Are you one of those people that goes on holidays and ends up looking at homes and designs? And... No, no. We, we, uh, <laughs> uh, the places I go to uh, for you know, one or two weeks, I enjoy going there. Yeah. I deal with my emails in the morning and then uh, you have a clear day. You're always on. Always on? Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, swimming before every every morning pretty much, even through the winter? Even through, have no trouble going to the pool, yeah. uh, swimming, no trouble at all. It's it's quite meditative, isn't it, when yeah, you're out there and it's terrific. Great way to start the day. Yeah. A lot of characters at the pool, including uh yeah, David Honey swims in the next lane, you know. Mm. Uh, what's left on your on your, your bucket list? Again, I'm 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 I I don't mean to reference your your passing here, Nigel, but everyone has a bucket list. What 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 have oh, you got on there look, apart from to see three or four more Eagles premierships? Yes, we'd like to see more <laughs> Eagles uh premierships, uh certainly. And we'd like to see the Eagles go on and, you know, have a foundation, uh, create, uh, you know, an endowment fund uh, that we can train these young men for life after football, lots of things like that. And look, you've just, uh, you know, raised a topic that does come up, uh, particularly around, you know, some some former Eagles players, uh, the role of the club in uh, in helping them uh, transition to a life after football. Uh, obviously, there's some there's some room to improve there, but it's at the same time, how much should the club well, the do club for players? Does a wonderful grounding for these people. Now, a person like you, Tim, if you make a mistake once, and we tell you you've made a mistake, you wouldn't do the same mistake twice. Not. So, yeah, we've got to uh, we have a brand. Uh, we do what we consider is the best. A lot of the players, of course, didn't tell us the truth about what mm. they were up to. Uh, so. You know, I think the culture of the football club now is very strong and, you know, we want to see our young men 
be successful life after football. I think we all want that. And on the field too, how are the Eagles going to go in well, 2018? Hopefully we're going to be in the bottom part of the eight if we can win the home games and uh, hopefully we can develop all of these young men that we've got. We've got a big turnover of players, so the coaching staff have you know, got, got a big job ahead to bring these young men along. We shall see. be great to see a successful year for well, for both of our clubs uh, just to, to kick off the new stadium in 2018, yeah. wouldn't it? Fantastic. Uh, Nigel, we've run out of time, unfortunately, thank but thank you very much uh, for coming in. We could have chatted for hours. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories Right here on 882 6PR, everyone has a story to tell. This one is brought to you by Bower and O'Day. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.